Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code PODCAST at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. On today's episode, I talk with Coach Clay Buley. Clay Buley is currently serving as the speed, strength, and conditioning coach at Estrella Foothills High School in Goodyear, Arizona. Clay is responsible for the development and implementation for the all-in offered strength conditioning courses and athletic development for all 22 school-sponsored sports at EFHS. In addition, Clay is responsible for the weight training and athletic performance courses offered by EFHS. This roughly accounts for about 500 students and student-athletes in the EFHS Strength and Conditioning Program. Before arriving to Estrella Foothills, Clay spent time coaching at Northern Arizona University, Jacksonville University, Angelo State, yep, the one in Texas, UNLV football, and Faith Lutheran High School. He is passionate about aiding all student-athletes regardless of background and ability, Clay was named the 2019 Rocky Mountain Regional Coach of the Year by the National High School Strength Coaches Association, NHSSCA. Clay currently lives in Buckeye, Arizona with his wife of eight years, Stephanie, and his daughter, Lindell. Make sure to follow Coach Clay Buley on Twitter, at Coach Clay Buley. Enjoy today's episode. Hope you learned something. Come hang out with us. On today's episode of the Hang with Coach Noonan podcast, I'm joined by a great strength conditioning coach out in Arizona, out in the heat in the desert, man. I'm joined by Clay Buley. Coach, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Hey, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, just started listening to the podcast not too long ago. That's when we connected. Been uh, participating in the Sunday Night Iron Chat for a little bit. Really enjoying that. And uh, thanks for the opportunity to come on and talk a little shop with you and just connect coach to coach. Heck yeah, man. You know, I appreciate you reaching out and, and you know, giving me a, uh, one specific idea, but then, you know, just being open to getting on and talking with me. Uh, I sincerely appreciate you uh, participating in, in the Sunday night chat. You know, that was just a real, both that and the podcast were just born, uh, things, creatures born out of desire for me to learn. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm in the process of working on my CSCS to, to have, people like you uh, be so open to share their knowledge um, and not kind of shun, you know, people like me that don't, don't have certifications and extra letters behind their name. You know, it's awesome because at the end of the day, you know, we're not necessarily in competition for each other's jobs. We're just trying to make everything better. Absolutely. And there's, there's stuff that strength coaches can learn from sport coaches and there's stuff that sports coaches can learn from strength coaches. I know sometimes, especially on Twitter, they can seem, you know, like we're button heads a little bit, but that's just when one tries to 
that's just when one, you know, tries to tell the other that they know what they're doing and they don't need the other's approval. I mean, there's tons of, I mean, I have great sport coaches where I'm at that I've learned a ton from in my, you know, in my four-year tenure at Australia Foothills and they've learned from me and that's how we grow together. You know, we grow through cooperation. We don't, you don't grow through conflict that well. You grow through cooperation, especially as you're trying to build programs. And at the end of the day, it ain't about us. It never is. It never will be. Egos get in the way. It's never about us. It's about the kids. When you put the kids first, good things tend to happen. When you put yourself first, bad things tend to happen. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes egos just get in the way. No doubt, man. I agree with you 100%. <clears throat> you know, it's it's funny. We were talking early before we got started officially recording and you were giving me some, some stories about where you're at and, you know, you're talking about uh, one of the kids that you were having a conversation with and how, you know, he's that kid that you, you know, there's just something about them. They're not necessarily the greatest athlete or, or um, you know, the greatest just physical specimen, but they have a, a something about them that you're, you're drawn to them and, and having communication with them. And, and you can just, you know, uh, have a, have a nice genuine relationship with that. And that means a whole lot because those kids are, are really the backbone of your job, right? Both myself oh, as a position coach, absolutely, absolutely. right? It, it, I, I'm going to look good coaching the six, four, six, five, two eighty D tackle. Like I'm just, you know, as long as he does his job, I look good, but it's the other guys that are not physically gifted like that. You know, the same thing in the weight room, yeah, everybody's going to look great coaching the 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 400 pound squatter with perfect form the the 225 300 pound cleaner with perfect form like that's great but those are they had to get there at some point and so we've got to coach those in between kids as as oh, hard absolutely. if not tougher than the other ones well absolutely and it's not just about coaching tough it's about building the relationship because if the relationship's built that takes you from the guy who's just yelling to the guy who's motivating and and the building relationships that's that's the that's that's the key you could have a great program you could have all your reps and you can have all your reps and sets you could have the best facility but if the kids don't connect with you and you don't if you don't take time to learn about the kids and have a smile on your face and are greeting and genuine there's not all the time where it's going to be you know cupcakes and butterflies and great feelings in the weight room you have to have that discipline you have to have that good work but one thing I've been really trying to instill the kids is we're on a return to play for a lot of them and a lot of them as they're learning is we have three things we have to accomplish in this training session. We have to be disciplined and follow it to the letter. We have to be able to do things correctly. If you don't do things correctly, it doesn't matter how much effort you're doing, you're not going to get better. Number two, you have to put in the effort. If you're, you know, doing anything correctly, but there's no ex but there's no effort, you're not getting anything out of it. You're just spinning your wheels. You're going to get very, very little. But once you get those things in a row, then it becomes very easy to have fun with what you're doing. And I had uh, our soccer ladies in. And when you look at, you know, the videos that got posted, yeah, nothing crazy. I think the heaviest front squatter day was like, you know, 95, 105, maybe, maybe one girl got to 115 uh, for, for some progressive doubles. They had, a, they had a big game yesterday. They got another big game coming up. I'm not trying to kill them. Just trying to get that minimal stimulus needed so that I can get them a little stronger and then send them out to practice so they can still be fresh and have a good practice so they can be prepped to go out and win their game, which I am very confident in there. But if you look at the training session, yeah, it doesn't look anything crazy, but there's three things happening. They're following the workout. They're being disciplined. They're earnestly putting forth effort. And they're putting intent on what they're doing. And that doesn't always mean weight. You know, a lot of people think to have a great 
workout, you need to have a lot of weight. No, you don't need to have a lot of weight to have a good workout. And we'll get into that into our velocity-based training section. But you also need to have fun because at the end of the day, we are not uh, at the high school sector. You're not working with kids that have signed their national letter of intent. You're not working with kids, uh, you know, that that are getting school paid for or getting a good amount paid for or other things like that. You're working with 14 to 17 year olds, maybe 18 year olds. And I was a coach who spent seven years in the collegiate state, and I was a huge, huge difference going from college into high school is just the maturity and the age range. If you bark and shut and like jump down a 14 year old's throat the first time they meet you, one, they might cry, which that actually happened to me one time, not one of my <laughs> finest moments. Got it pulled in my 80s office on that one. Unfortunately, uh, he mentored me and helped me with that. I got pulled in my 80s office actually three times in my first semester for being a little too spicy in the weight room and having a little bit of passion burn too quickly. But if you take time to actually develop and cultivate those relationships, and especially in populations that aren't used to the way your maybe your soccer is, your tennis is, your swim at those young age, if you can cultivate not the love of the weight room, but the love of training, then it goes a lot better. Because I try not to call our work, I try not to say the term workout anymore. Because a workout is something you could do, you know, you go to Planet Fitness and you do your workout. You know, I went to this workout class, I did this, I worked that. It's kind of this broad term. We don't work out, we train. We have a specific thing in mind. We have a specific goal that we're trying to accomplish. And so when we're training, we're training to get better. We're training to win. We're training to become better people. And in our school, you know, we usually typically uh, year to year might sign anywhere from 10 to 15 kids to go play at the next level, whether that's, you know, a division one, two, three, NAI, junior college, whatever that might look like. Usually we have about 10 to 15 kids who go and play at the next level because we're a small school. We got barely over a thousand kids. I think we got like 11 something uh, last time I checked. But with those kids, so a graduating class is usually like 210 kids, 210, 220 kids. 10 to 15 of those are going to play at the next level. What about the other 200 plus kids? What am I doing to instill to them value in their lives? What am I doing to prepare them for going to the next level, whatever it might be in school, uh, in the workforce, in a trade? If I can help prepare, prepare them and teach them that hard work, discipline, consistency yields results, then I've won. Now, if they win some games and hang some banners and we get some rings, hey, even better. That's some pretty dope stuff. But like I have a young man, not a great athlete, but a tremendous worker, incredibly disciplined, incredibly consistent. He got accepted into a nuclear program with the Navy today. That's a freaking win right there, baby. I mean, that's huge. Like that's a young man who, one, he's probably going to make a lot more money than me one day. And maybe he can donate to my program. Hint, hint, that'd be cool. But <laughs> I mean, that's a kid who he's going to like, be in charge of some really cool stuff and you have a great education and be set up to have a great future in the military and, and then beyond. And he's going to, you know, when he becomes a husband and when he becomes a father, he's going to be able to provide for them. Now is my weight room responsible for that? No, because he's had a great other influences in his life, but my weight room and my program helped to mold and help to get those characteristics instilled in him along with a lot of other things, along with parents, friends, family, stuff like that so that he can go and have a great life going forward. And that's a kid that I'll love to death. And, you know, if I can do that for every kid that comes in my program, we're winning. I love that, man. You know, cause I asked you that question, you know, what is it that you want to accomplish? And that's exactly what you said. Like, it's more about <clears throat> instilling a love for, for training and enriching their lives through what they do in the weight room. You know, so much of, 
what we do in the weight room as, as strength coaches really comes down to just teaching like they do in the classroom, but it's under different stress management. It's under different, um, you know, different situations because the pressures that a barbell and, and some weights can put on you could be worse, could be way easier than the pressures of the standardized test that we got to take, you know, at the end of the year, whether it's your finals, the SAT, the ACT, what have you. So, you know, it's, it's teaching them how to problem solve, you know, why are you not able to uh, squat to a certain depth? Why were you not able to catch that clean? Why are you, you know, um, not finishing that sprint type of thing? So they got to problem solve and understand, you know, how, you know, go back. Let's look at the the process in which we were getting to this sticking point and how do we finish better and, and perform better. Uh, the other deal is collaboration and, and cooperation, right? know you got a spot you got uh in this day and age right we're so much more cognizant of keeping things clean in the weight room wiping things down so you know if you're not communicating with with whoever about um you know getting the wipes or changing the weight quickly you know like you know this like one of the biggest deals is is just having things in place in the weight room Right. The, the, yeah. the teacher wants things in place in the classroom. We want things in place in the weight room to create efficiency. Right. You don't want to be chasing down a five pound plate, you know, that you need for, for one one or two sets. <clears throat> but it's on the other side of the gym because somebody didn't rack it right. And all it takes is two seconds to rack it right. Well, and, and, kind, of, and kind of one thing you're, you're kind of skirting, skirting, skirting around the edge of is just the value of discipline and the value of communication. Uh, one of our one of our mantras in the white room is I ask the kids what happens when you guess and the kids respond back you guess wrong because chances are if you guess you're going to guess wrong every once in a while you might get it right but get in the habit of don't guess know what the assignment is know what your job is doing know what you have to get accomplished because you know in the job you know you know they might get in, in their job a guess might be you know, the difference between making a sale or doing it correctly or heaven forbid, you know, that person is an EMT or a doctor, a, a guess could result in a saved or a lost life, depending on it. You know, if you're a nurse, you can't guess on what the correct amount of CCs in the medicine is. Too much won't do enough. Too much will kill them. You got to you got to know. You got to know what you're doing. And so if we're instilling those values, and I tell them, like, I need you to ask. Ask me if you don't understand. Come and talk to me and say, okay. And, you know, you, and I answer the same questions. I, I will probably answer the same question 10 to 15 times in a week session. One, that lets me know I need to do a better job communicating because if there's 10 to 15 people not understanding, uh, that's not their fault. That's mine. I need right. to do better. And so that's great understanding for me. I need to do better. But then it also helps me to convey the information to them. And uh, I tell them the only time I get really frustrated is when I tell you what to do. And you ask me the same question again and again and again in the same in the same session. Like, okay, you weren't listening to me. Here's what you do. And it's not just beyond the like non-understanding. It's like, okay, I got it. I was like, what'd you say again? Okay, now we now, now we're in a different problem. Now we're in cognition, attention, pay attention. You know, listen, process, learn. Now we're getting into something that's different. But uh, just the value that the weight room, the strength and conditioning program. And the discipline that the coach can help instill onto their players is huge. And I'm a big believer 
that mental toughness is discipline. You can develop your mental toughness, but really you're developing your discipline because a disciplined person is mentally tough. A disciplined person who is mentally tough can ignore the trash talk that the other team is giving and they don't get and they don't get sucked in and drawn in a penalty. A disciplined person is mentally tough that they can block out the crowd noise during a high pressure free throw situation. And a disciplined person will know and real world. And I like I'm I and I tell the kids, you know, we're doing this in the way room, but it applies real world as well. A disciplined person will pay their bills correctly. A disciplined person will handle situations correctly. A disciplined person will put the important things first and the frivolous things second. Oh, I love that. It is mental toughness. Yeah, no, those are great points. Very great points about about discipline, about communication, and and, and what you talked about in, in that. You know, we we're going to answer a lot of questions consistently, but when we're answering the same one several times over in the same session, then we have to step back and take a look and go, okay, the problem is not those trying to receive the message. The the problem is the person sending the message. And we have to be able to adjust on the fly for sure. So that's a great point right there. Building trust. What's a great way to build trust with a group? Say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Here's how I'm going to do better. And then do it. That's a great way to show somebody that you actually care. Because a lot of people harp on this generation. And, you know, they've got a bunch of negative things to say about these kids. And, yeah, you know, there's some there's some things that need to be worked on. That's for sure. But you know, tell me a group of teenagers or something doesn't need to be worked on. Uh, but one thing that's that this generation is so good at, oh my gosh, they're great at this. They're so good at telling if you're fake or not. They're so good at that. They'll see through you in a second. Oh yeah. And if you're not genuine, they'll see right through it and they won't do it. They won't care. And why should they? You're being fake. If you're a fake coach, you're blowing smoke at them. Why should they care? Why should they be committed? Why should they be passionate? But if you do care and you are committed and you do show them that I do care about you, I care enough about you to hold you accountable. I care enough about you to have the tough conversation. I care enough to put the program over you to, so that the program's intact. You might lose a kid, but you'll keep the other 99. Yep. Absolutely. Great points, man. Great points. Well, I want to, I want to dive in, man. We, we've, uh, we've hinted at it early at the beginning, but let's dive into velocity-based training. Oh, I love it. Um, you know, you, you, I, this is really not something that I'm very familiar with. So I'm going to kind of just let you take the wheel on this one, man. And you know, just kind of t- tell me, educate me and educate whoever else is listening to this when it comes out, like what is VBT? What does it do for you? Why are you so uh, pumped about it? So velocity-based training in a nutshell is basically tracking the bar's path and measuring the speed of the bar and the power output using the speed of the bar. So it basically gives you more data in your training to be able to use. It was developed by Dr. Brian Mann, who is at the uh, University of Missouri, and he wrote a whole a whole book about it. And he's written several articles, and that's kind of where his uh, claim to fame is. And I highly encourage anybody, if you're interested in this, please go read his book, Practical Application of, of Velocity-Based Training. He's the one who wrote the book on it. So, you know, uh, definitely you can find it off Amazon. You can find a bunch of his stuff off of uh, Google Scholar. Very good stuff because I'm I'm still learning myself and I'm applying and I'm, and I'm getting better at it. And that's a really, really good, you know, resource to go to. But velocity-based training in a nutshell is tracking the bar, the speed and the power output. And then using that knowledge, using that feedback to then specify the training into different practical zones. 
uh, that being, you know, your accelerative strength, your, uh, your max, your, oh, sorry, I got a little uh, tongue tied there. Using your uh, speed strength, using your speed strength, strength, speed, accelerative strength, and absolute strength, and tracking that across different zones because we, we do not want to get our kids slower. We don't want them uh, being trotted and methodical. And the whole reason why this was being developed is, you know, even though kids were putting up this big weight in the weight room, they weren't necessarily translating on the field. They weren't getting faster. Their vertical jumps weren't improving. They weren't seeing you know, all this other stuff when we know we're doing these explosive movements so that we can get explosive. And so basically what it does is just, it's, it's tracking the speed. And so if that weight, if that weight is being moved too quickly, well, then you, the stimulus isn't enough in that particular zone or that particular area that you're trying to track to gain the stimulus that you want. So, you know, you have to add more weight or if that bar is moving too slow, okay, you have to take the weight off so that you can be in that proper, in that proper velocity zones and across those different zones, your, uh, your, your speed strength, those are your, your lightest weights. Those are your, you know, your weighted jumps, those type movements. And then there's your, uh, and then there's your strength speed. Those are, those are usually, you know, still fast, but usually with heavier loads, that's usually where your Olympic lifts come into play. Your clean, your snatch, your jerk, stuff like that. You want it over a certain threshold. And then your accelerated strength is usually getting into your power lifts, trying to move the power lifts as fast as you can. And then there's your absolute strength, which is of course, you're moving the heavier objects and because it's heavy, you can't move it as fast. And so, but there's still ranges along those lines and it basically follows the force velocity curve. So as there's more weight, you can't move it as fast because there's more mass to move while there's less weight, you can move the weight faster. And so that's basically what it goes along. And I really have been tailoring not only my own personal training sessions, but the training sessions of our athletes as well to follow the force velocity curve. So at the beginning, that's when they're doing the highest speed movements, your loaded jumps, uh, lighter Olympic movements, stuff like that. And then we progress in weight as we work our way down the force velocity curve. And we've seen some really, really good results with it. Uh, the thing that I really like the most is in our uh, accelerated strength portions, which is uh, usually about the, the 60 to 60, uh, 60 to 80% mark. That's usually where our accelerated strength is. Working in those zones, you're really priming the body, you're activating motor units, and uh, you're getting the body ready for some bigger pulls. And when we returned back into training, I only had like, I, I only had like three, four weeks to actually prepare my guys uh, before they played their first, before they played their first football game and before we played our first volleyball game for our ladies and stuff like that. And after we kind of established our movements again and got some of our strength back up, because all of this fancy stuff and and all the data tracking and everything else means nothing if you can't move the weight properly. It means nothing if you don't have some baseline strength. It means nothing if your form is is terrible. Because what's the point of tracking a squat if that squat is done is done poorly? You know what's the point of it? You have to make sure that your technique is there and you have a, a decent amount of strength before you can start tracking. And so once we established that, we started introducing this to the kids. You know, we were seeing that kids were actually progressing faster than what they were for him. That also was in part that they were detrained and, you know, they adapted quicker to that stimulus because they had that rested period. But we saw kids, not just in our football team, but our volleyball team and other teams that were utilizing it. They were hitting personal bests, you know, five, six, seven weeks into the season. We had kids 
who are breaking PRs, uh, who are breaking PRs on trap bar deadlift and front squat. Um, the last week of our in the last week of our season, our our set our uh, our uh, our playoff game. I mean, we 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 accomplished like we were we were breaking records all the way into the last week of the season, and the kids were staying fresh during that. We were able to accomplish more with less because we were able to get greater stimuli out of the kids and we were able to refine or train a little bit more. And we were also put under the regulations that we couldn't spot kids, that we couldn't uh, have more than two kids at a platform, that we couldn't share equipment and so stuff like that. So so now our training sessions, which normally, you know, if, if you look at some of my past videos, you know, we packed you know, 60 kids in the weight room plus Coach Clay, and man, be rocking and rolling. Well, I couldn't do that. I could only have 15 or so at a time. And so I had to really, and I only would have 30, maybe 35 minutes with them. So I had to really refine and get the most out of that time as I physically could. And a lot of that was, you know, doing very basic work, singles, doubles, and triples with front squat, trap bar, deadlift, uh, refining it to just a couple Olympic movements, uh, clean pulling, and a hang clean stuff like that and we saw great results and there was quite a few kids who set personal bests after all this because we were able to data track and i was able to show our coach that hey this kid not is only as stronger but he's producing more force he was only able to move this load two weeks ago at you know 0.42 meters per second now he was moving it over five meters per second he's adapted he's gotten stronger he's gotten more explosive off this and the other great thing along those lines is now when you test a kid it's not just loading them up with weight i can take a same weight that they did week one versus week five and i can show the differences in the speed and power increases that they were able to do that the that you know they moved it you know 0.25 meters per second faster if you're taking the same load and you're moving it at a faster rate that means two things you've gotten stronger and you're producing more force which what are we looking at? You know, for most sports, we're looking at getting stronger. We're looking at producing more force because force equals mass times acceleration. You're trying to get that mass to move faster. We're trying to get the body to move faster. And it's just, it, it's really great that way. And we can also use it to instill competition because we got two kids that are working the same weight and it has that data feedback and says that one pulled it this, the other one pulled it faster. Well, now, Kid one's like, well, I don't want this kid to, I don't, I don't want my partner to beat me. I'm going to do better. And now there's a greater emphasis, a greater intent on trying to pull that bar faster. One of my favorite competitions uh, with this particular method style is taking uh, 1.5 times body weight and putting on a trap bar and doing speed doubles. You know, pull it as fast as you can, set to a rest, pull it as fast as you can, and we'll average it out. And we put it up on the leaderboard throughout the workout. Okay, who's winning? And it's relative because we're going off body weight. We're not, we're not going off a load. And man, the kids eat that up. Our basketball boys did those a couple of weeks ago and they were getting after it. And man, we got some great numbers and they actually blew the numbers that I thought they were going to do out of the water because they had that extra intent. Because one key to success, especially, especially with the high school age is competition. You get those boys competing with each other, man, are they going to get a lot more after it. So it instills competition. And, uh, and number three, just allows, and number three, it allows for a little bit more validation. It's not just Coach Clay saying, hey, take a little weight off the bar. That was moving kind of slow. We need, to, we need that looking a little better. Now it's, hey, you are way below your threshold. 
you have to be in this, you have to be in this range for this particular goal that we're trying to get after. So you have to lighten it up and get in that range or the opposite. And sometimes we have this with our female students where they're a little bit afraid to go up like, hey, you blew by that velocity speed range. I wanted you and this accelerator, you, you dang near turned it into speed strength because you're moving it so fast. We need to have more at you. This, this load isn't going to get you any more stimulus. You have to increase. And so now it's not just Coach Clay saying going up, you know, your data says go up. And then, and then finally it uh, puts a little more scientific validation onto what we're doing. Now we're adding the sports science into our training and we're showing that we're not just these meatheads in the gym uh, who like to clang and bang and yell at each other and stuff like that and play loud music. Now there's more science behind it. Now there's more data behind it. It's data-driven results. I can track along a 10-week process every rep that this kid has done in this particular exercise. And we can show, you know, the linear increases that they've had in their power and their speed, all while staying, you know, maybe at the same body weight. Because some kids, you don't want to get them bigger. You just want to get them more stronger, more explosive. You don't want to put, you know, five, 10 pounds on your wrestler in season, because then they won't be in their weight class. You don't want that to happen. And so it really offers a ton of, uh, it really offers a ton of value in training. Like anything else, if you don't coach it correctly, you're not gonna get much out of it. If the basics aren't there, you're not gonna get much out of it, but it just allows you to learn more about it. It allows you to see a little bit more of what your athletes producing so you can get better data so that you can write better programs for them. And, uh, and now that, especially because a lot of units, you know, back, you know, even just a couple of years ago were very expensive. And now there's Bluetooth units that link up to phones. Uh, the ones that we use is Train with Push. I'm a big fan of their platform. Uh, I've spoken on their continuing education. I've also uh, spoken with their reps a lot. They provide great stuff. And plus they're sponsors of National High School Strength Coach Association. They do great work and they, I mean, they have, you know, units in every continent uh, other than Africa and tons of countries and tons of professional units. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, VMAX Pro, Perch, there's a, there's a lot of the other companies that are making this technology affordable so that high schools can then uh, start to utilize it. And it's just, it just adds a tremendous amount of value into a program. And plus it's cool just saying that like, hey, you know the stuff that the, that, uh, the pros use? Yeah, we use it too. Oh, I love that. That's <clears throat> there's that's always a uh, a cool little deal to say. You know, we're using what you know this major league team is doing or this pro team is doing. That's that's yeah, the, that's great stuff. The Cactus League is in our backyard where I'm at in in, uh, in the on the west side of Phoenix in a suburb called Goodyear. We have the Reds and the Indians, or I guess uh, I guess they're not the Indians anymore, are they? Let's just call them the Cleveland baseball team. Yeah, the Cleveland uh, baseball team. <laughs> let's, yeah, the Cleveland baseball team. I don't know what they're called anymore, but the Cleveland baseball team. Uh, the day that we bought them, they, they bought them as well. I'm, and I'm actually good friends with their one of their minor league strength coordinators, and they're using it all the time, too, to track their progress. Because at the same time, you're trying to get more out of your athletes. You're trying to help develop them. But you're also knowing – if they're fatigued or not, because what this allows also is auto-regulation. Like I had a young man, one of my wrestlers, uh, he came in for training yesterday and he was gassed because they had a really tough practice. And, you know, he was, you know, one of our, one of our bigger kids and he was gassed and he wasn't able to hit the speeds and it came up and his speeds were bad. And, and I asked him like, Hey bro, what's happening? He's like, Oh, I'm just really, just really tired. It was a tough practice. And you're like, okay, well, let's throw this front squad out the building. Let's get, let's elevate your heels. Let's put you, 
with a decent side goblet. Let's get you moving. Let's increase your reps a little more so we can flush the lactic acid out. We're going to throw some some foam rolling, some myofascial release in there. And, you know, we're going to take care of you. That data showed me that he wasn't even close. When before I was like, ah, he's just struggling. He'll be fine. Yeah, it's moving a little slower. Just just keep the weight down a little bit. When really it was like, hey, dude, you're, you're gassed. You shouldn't even be doing this right now. And so that auto-regulation of the athletes or on the flip side, because I've had kids that have had a great day, like, hey, coach, I'm, I'm killing I'm killing my, my zone. It's going to go up like, heck yeah, dude, go up. As long as the form looks good and the speed's right, keep going up. Show me that progress. And so that auto-regulation of the athletes is great to make my life easier because honestly, when it comes to units that were data tracking, I give uh, start weights where I want them to start at. But then after that, I don't even program weight anymore. I just blow, I just program velocity zones and I let their auto-regulation take over from there because their own performance will indicate what they're able and, and what they're not able to do. Oh, I love that, man. That's, that's really cool. And, you know, <clears throat> VBT is definitely something that, that I'm curious about. I'd love to spend some time just on myself and kind of just see where I'm at um, in comparison to, you know, what, what the zones say. And, and, you know, that's definitely a, uh, a book that I need to add to my collection. It's a, you, it's a really good one. You can get off Amazon. Uh, yeah. Another really good one is a uh, velocity based training for weight training for weightlifting uh, by Will Fleming. I actually just finished that one. That was, uh, that was the first book of the year for me. Really good velocity based training, more applied into an Olympic weightlifting versus a powerlifting setting. And it's really good. And, and, uh, and honestly, this can be applied even into your powerlifting. If you're running a conjugate based program, you can use velocity based training because it's just tracking. It's just tracking the data. And when you're talking about, you know, something, uh, let's say you were doing a max effort day, that's, that's what velocity is. You're tracking the velocity. You need to make sure that max effort is moving at certain speeds. And so it can fit well into a conjugate based program. It can fit well into a, an Olympic based uh, three tier program like I run. It really fits into a lot of programs because it's just tracking. It's just monitoring the data. And then you're using that data to then further refine your programs. And, you know, some people might think it's a little gimmicky or gadgety or stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, you know, really good coaches use it and they get really good data feedback. I mean, like Travis Nash uses it with his athletes at Lenore Rain with weightlifting and with his, uh, and with his powerlifting weightlifting uh, competitors. And they do a great job. You're seeing this in a lot of major universities now, because now it's not just, you know, like I, like I mentioned, now it's not just, you know, the meathead in the weight room saying, do more reps, do more weight, blah, blah, blah. Now it's saying, you know, now it's applying that resistance training and putting the science in and the feedback and monitoring and showing that our profession isn't just, you know, the, the meathead. Now there's a lot of science. There's a lot of thought. There's a lot of technology that goes into this. Uh, it's really, it's really a great thing. And it's becoming more common in high schools. Uh, I've, I've linked up with quite a few high schools in my own state that use it and in other states around. And, uh, and if, you know, if you're a high school coach that wants to learn more about it, you can always reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. But I mean, shoot, you just go on to the NHSCA Facebook page and type in, hey, I'm curious in velocity-based training, who has some uh, experience in it? You'll get five, six, seven, eight coaches chime in real quick, you know, willing to help out who run it uh, with great success at their programs. And so it's really, uh, it really is, you know, a, a new uh, a facet that's starting to grow more in the industry and anytime anything that offers better training for our kids usually a pretty good thing no doubt man well at the end of the day right we 
we can say that we have all this data and, 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 and you know, we as, as professionals and that spend time researching it, you know, we can, we can say everything, but at the end of the day, if the kids are the ones using it and they're, sh- and they're showing that they, they're enjoying it and they're showing and expressing how it helps them. Like you mentioned, Travis Mash, you can look him up on Twitter and you can see just Super what his kids there. are doing. Yeah. It, the, the proof is there because the kids, the kids are, are, are examples, living examples of it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that that's at least in the public education sector, it's going to come down to, are the kids going to be able to use it and benefit from it before anybody spends any money on it? And there's, Absolutely. there's proof out there that, that, that it's worth it. So. It is. And it's, it, you know, it, it does cost a, it does cost a little bit to get going, but uh, I mean, if you're, if your district and your school is somebody who's willing to invest in it, you get, you get a lot out of it. Um, much like anything else, you know, you have to be willing. It's not magic. The the units itself aren't going to do the training. You have to utilize them correctly. But as you go in, as you learn more, as you network and, and just through your own trial and error, like, Oh, that worked. Oh, that one really didn't work. And like, I've made plenty of mistakes. I messed up uh, in the programming with basketball the other day uh, that, you know, I forgot to click enable tracking and I didn't click that when I signed it. And so I was like, well, that one's on me guys. Looks like we're not tracking today. And they're like, oh, great going coach. Good job. I'm like, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah. you gotta be able to take that too. Especially if you're working with high school kids, you gotta learn to dish it out. But you also gotta learn to take it too. So oh yeah. They'll, they'll, no they'll let you know. They'll let you know. No doubt. <laughs> well, man, I've been, it's been great having you kind of wet my beak with, with BBT and more and give give everybody else more information. So I want to get you out on some quick fire questions. Yeah, let's um, do it, brother. Some of these are, are what I sent you. And then a couple of these are just some other ones that I've come up with as we've been talking. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, first one, you know, who who's your favorite bar? What's your favorite barbell to use? Uh, favorite barbell to use, uh, you know, you know, if you've ever had an Alico in your hand, it's always really, really, really nice. Uh, it's cut, it's hard to beat Alico, but, uh, you know, a good quality rogue bar, good quality Sornex bar. Those are all, those are all really good bars. And, uh, we're looking at trying to upgrade some bars in my own weight room right now. And, you know, if you've ever had a cat barbell in your hand and then a decent barbell, you know, you know, the difference between the two. And I'm looking, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get rid of my caps and trying to get some better ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. What is aside from adding, you know, and replacing barbells, what are, what is something that uh, your home gym is missing that you desperately want? Honestly, a rack. Because <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen those uh, cement two by four racks, the DIY ones you make at Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. I made one of those and I made those back in April of last year and oh man they've hung in there really good but uh might be time for me to might be time for me to upgrade those because you know for being wood screws and concrete and some plastic buckets they've hang in there pretty well but i might actually need like a a real rack made out of metal and not wood yeah and brian he actually talked to you about uh about that that's something i've looked at is the it's the diys just because of the i don't oh, have yeah. a, i don't have foot space uh, in my garage currently, we, we've got shelves lining side to side, top to bottom. So that's something yeah. that's probably going to be the best, you know, well, thing for well, me. I'll tell you what, they've worked really good, but, uh, 
I wouldn't put an app. I wouldn't put one of my high school kids on them. Oh yeah. They're a little, they're a little, I, I trust myself. I don't trust the kid. I wouldn't <laughs> trust the kids on them. They're a little shaky from time to time. No, into the day, wife, it's definitely metal. I know my wife has kind of looked at it like, what are you doing? I promise I won't die, honey. If I, <laughs> if I die. I'm sorry. No doubt. No doubt. Where, uh, where would you, if you could train anywhere in the world, where would you train? Honestly, you know, there's a lot of great facilities out there, but um, how I answered this before, uh, I've worked with some great staffs uh, before I before I made the switch to high school because I'm a staff of one right now, and I, I worked with some great staffs. When I was at UNLV on their strength staff, you know, working uh, training with Coach Belton and training with Coach Eaton, uh, you know, those those guys were great guys. I miss training with them. When I was at Angelo State, uh, training with our staff we had there, that was awesome. Uh, when I was at Jacksonville, having our staff training sessions, those were great. If I could train anywhere, uh, I would love to have a reunion lift with those guys. I don't really don't care about the facility, just uh, the memories I made with them and the training I did with them was was just so great, and it was so much fun. And you know, even though I I enjoy my Wolfpack of one training right now. Uh, I definitely do miss uh, training with those guys. Those those guys and those staffs uh, were pretty incredible. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your go to, you know, post workout, post training session meal for yourself? So post workout, and I'm gonna tell anybody getting into high school, anybody getting into high school strength and conditioning, one of the biggest things you need to do, befriend the lunch ladies and the cafeterias to crew, befriend them, be good to them because they will hook you up. Uh, my, my go-to post-workout is going and grabbing a couple milks from the, uh, from the refrigerator and uh, a couple Uncrustables. Uh, lunch ladies are very unfortunate. They let me go in and grab Uncrustables uh, out of the freezer. And I tell my kids often the best Uncrustable is a frozen Uncrustable. So uh, my go-to is go grab an encrustable out of there and, and go grab some milks. Those are those are my go-to. That's that's interesting. I like that. Hey man, you if you do not understand the value of befriending the lunch ladies, they cooked up some fajitas the other day after their shift, and then they called me and said, "Hey Clay, we have some extra fajitas. You want some? Heck yeah, I want some fajitas." <laughs> and so I went over there, and they were freaking awesome. And yeah. I downed those. And there's times we're like, "Hey, we made some pulled pork. Do you want some?" Yes, I want that. So befriend the cafeteria crew. No Big doubt. major key, befriend them. Be nice yeah. to them. They'll hook you up. The other major key is befriend the principal secretary. Ooh, yes, they will also hook you she, up. She runs, she or, or or that, whatever the crew is, they run the school ultimately. Oh, yeah. You want some extra, you want some extra bits on your paycheck and do some subbing? Uh, yeah, don't let them know that, hey, you'll sub, you'll sub anytime you have an off period, you'll sub, they'll, they'll put you on. And they'll help line your pocket that way. Major Love key. it, man. Well, if anybody wants to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing, about velocity-based training, or, or any of the books that you recommended, how, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way is just through social media. Uh, Instagram, Clay under uh, Coach underscore Clay Buley. Twitter is the same one, Coach underscore Clay Buley. Uh, you can also email me, clay.buley at buhsd.org. Uh, that's there. And then, honestly, just just text me, uh, 928-710-4582. Feel free to text me. Uh, I'm an open book. I don't run, uh, I don't run a perfect program, but I feel like I run a pretty successful one. 
And I feel like I won, I run one that's, uh, you know, very well respected. I'm not a perfect coach. I make mistakes all the time. Uh, shoot, even just today, I'm in a train. I made a mistake and had to own up to it. To the kids like, oh, messed up, guys. That one's on me. And so not perfect. Uh, by no means am I the pinnacle of information on this. That's definitely Brian Mann and some others. But uh, I would love to help anybody out uh, who needs a little bit of help. Really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Coach Clay Bewley. Hope you learned something about velocity-based training, other things about strength conditioning in general. also want to take a minute and really encourage those of us listening that are involved in strength conditioning, whether we're the direct strength conditioning coach or coordinator for a program or a campus or a district, or just simply a sport coach looking to get a better knowledge base of what's going on in the weight room and how to help athletic performance improve, strongly encourage you to join the NHSSCA, the National High School Strength Coaches Association. There is the National Convention coming up in June, as well as several things throughout the rest of the summer and calendar year, especially in Texas, uh, right before coaching school in July. There will be a state clinic held on the 17th of uh, July in New Braunfels, Texas. So reach out if you want to learn more. Check them out on the on the web, NHSSCA. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review we are on spotify apple podcast google play podcast wherever you get your podcast fixed from ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers peace out have a nice day be the change you want to see in the world